Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Into our mock draft show and helping us figure this out before Thursday so that this doesn't happen again on Thursday. Cool. All right. So we are going to be doing a mock draft. Uh, we're going to use the FanSpeak uh, premium draft simulator. Um, we're going to be doing all seven rounds. Um, I'm just using the FanSpeak board and the FanSpeak team needs. They're generally pretty accurate. Um, nothing too crazy happens with these, which is kind of what we want. Um, we'll let the actual crazy stuff happen on Thursday. Um, and then it's going to go with the official draft order. Um, hopefully, uh, our technical difficulties were not as bad as, uh, what is going to Jordan Love? Yeah. Or Jordan Love or what's going to happen in the NFL. Uh, did you guys see those reports earlier with the, uh, (laughs) that like dad screaming at his kids to get the, to get off uh, (laughs) off the internet? (laughs) Gotta love it, man. I am so glad I didn't wear my draft hat today, by the way. Oh really? Because <laughs> <laughs> you and Stubbs matching hats. Hey man, we'll, we'll, oh, no. we can all I, match. I don't I don't have I don't have the draft hat. That's not what I'm wearing. Oh, sorry, you're broadcasting from like a bunker. So <laughs> yeah. it's hard to tell exactly what yeah, you're are doing. Are you in a dorm? That's, it looks like a dorm. <laughs> nah, not a dorm. It's just they have brick in between the units. I don't know. It's it sucks because it like cuts out halfway through the wall too. Like if you were to see, I'm um, just down. There's like five feet. That's not brick, and it annoys <laughs> it annoys me to no end, man. So I'm like, you got all brick here at least. So, but you also sound like you're in a prison cell. You know, 
Well, I did work at one for a while, so I guess it's just at, at home, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, with Premium, with the FanSpeak Simulator, it's, it's yeah, going to like throw trades at us, and I, we're just going to ignore trades for this mock draft. We're not going to make any trades because that stuff's so impossible to predict that it doesn't make sense. Cool. All right. You guys ready for round one? Who's drinking yeah. what? Nothing? Cool. What did you say, Mike? I said, who's drinking, who's drinking what? We, we practicing? I thought we were practicing the whole thing. We are. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. So the board fell like this. So we got Joe Burrow went first. Obviously, Chase Young to the Redskins at two. Lions took Brown at three. That's a bit weird. But whatever. Uh, That's the hot new rumor today. Yep. Is yeah, is it? They have a genuine liking for Brown. Gotcha. And snacks left, you know? Yeah, oh, that's true. Yep. Damn, this mock sucks already. Worse, <laughs> worse is gone. Is, two and two is gone. So, our board at six is we've got Simmons is still there, Akuda is still there, Wills, Herbert, uh, Thomas, if you believe some of the uh, rumors, Becton's here, all the wide receivers. So let's go around the horn. Let's start with Michael. Michael, if you were Tom Telesco and this is what the board looked like, who are you picking right here? All right. So um, over the last week or so, I kind of really dove into the top guys at six to really try to solidify this opinion. And um, up until probably about two days ago, my top three in order were Simmons, Tua, and Tristan Wirfs. And after really getting into um, the two of film and trying to decide on what would be the best. Like they both obviously have a big immediate impact, but what would be, you know, the best long-term um, and a couple other things. And I think right now two would be number, be my number one. He's not there. So I do have to go with Isaiah Simmons. Tua would help balance out the offense and defense being that whenever the offense and defense is on the field, that's must see football. That's the stuff that people want to see. Um, but with Isaiah Simmons, obviously that'd be way more skewed to the def- defensive side of the ball. Um, and since really he is the best option here, um, my pick is Isaiah Simmons. I mean, you've heard it all. He can play everything. He can do everything. He's good at everything. Um, he, I don't think he's a master of none, jack of all trades. I think he's still pretty damn good at a lot of things. So, um, you know, I think he's the pick. I don't got to get into it any further than that. All right. All right, Daniel. Who's your pick with this board? I mean, I definitely agree with what Michael's saying as far as uh, Simmons. I don't think you can go wrong if you were to go with Simmons. Uh, what he can do to your offense, the kind of versatility he can bring is is, is amazing. Um, I will, however, uh, my, my choice is to be Okuda at this point, to be honest with you. Um, knowing that you have two corners, two starting corners that are over the age of 30, Casey Hayward coming off of not saying not saying a bad year, but it doesn't look like he was you know two years ago. Um, Chris Harris coming off a bad year. Yes, we're all hopeful he bounces back and is the Chris Harris that we've seen from him in the past. And then your other starting corner is, what, Michael Davis? And that's someone who kind of fell out of favor with a lot of fans this last year. Then you're also talking about uh, King, um, who is not only coming into a contract situation, but again, also kind of fell out of favor. I know he's kind of moving his role. Uh, with the defense, whereas you don't have a young, exciting corner on the roster. So you have the opportunity here to take someone that is, um, can be a starter immediately, but also be someone who is, is 
a game changer at the cornerback position. So when you, you pair him with Chris Harris in the slot and um, Hayward at the other side, and I think that, that increases your, your, uh, your, your defensive backfield immensely. So for me, I didn't think Okuda would be here. I'm going to go ahead and go with Okuda. Okay. All right, we got one vote, Simmons, one vote, Okuda. All right, Jamie, who is your pick? You're going to have to unmute yourself first. We muted you. There you go. Sorry, I thought I was unmuted. You're good. Um, I'm going to go with Okuda as well. I think uh, Stebbs made a lot of really good points. The Chargers are really thin at corner. Uh, Harris might only be here for two years. Dez may or may not be here in 2020. We don't know what they're going to be doing with Adderley, whether he's going to be playing safety or corner. Uh, Michael Davis has been very up and down. I'm not a big fan of Brandon Faison, and who knows if Casey Hayward is still going to be here in 2021. He could be a cap casualty next year. So personally, I would take a player who I would not have expected to be there. I would have thought he'd be gone the top three or four picks, and since he's not, I would rush the pick to the board, and I'd take Jeffrey Okuda because I think it's a slam dunk pick. All right. And Garrett? Um, I'm going to go with Justin Herbert here. I mean, the Chargers needed to... No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no. I, <laughs> I'm going to agree... Again? What? Where's that mute button again? <laughs> uh, no, no. I think I think we're all on the same page here. I'm with... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote Okuda, too. I think you got to be super excited if it's Simmons or Okuda or any of those top tackles there, but... Um, like Jamie and, and uh, Stubbs were talking about, uh, there's a lot of influx with that cornerback position. You don't know what's going on with CB2, and it looks like Des King's going to be kicked out to that nickel-dime linebacker. So to have a guy like Okuda and Hayward, you're able to kind of go more man-to-man and give your defense a lot more flexibility. Um, and so while Simmons makes a lot of sense, um, Jamie didn't mention it, but he's mentioned he mentioned on the podcast, the Simmons would be a luxury pick here because – the Chargers are somewhat uh, together at linebacker right now. And so adding Simmons, while he's a chess piece, and I know you can move him around and you can do a lot of great things with him and Derwin. That's amazing. But, you know, being able to get a, the best corner in this class where it's kind of a little bit top-heavy to me, um, if you can get the best corner on the board and uh, you can fill up one of your biggest positions of need, I think you take it here. With two off the board, Okuda's the next best for me. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with all that. So I'll roll right into it and – it's really tempting here for me to to go offensive tackle because I would that's what I want in the worst way but if Okuda falls like this I mean the the Chargers have such a big need at corner um going forward in the future I mean and and, and kind of to your point Garrett they have um I don't want to say like having depth is bad, but they have a lot of guys in a couple different spots on that defense that can do the same kind of stuff. So they've got Dez and Chris Harris now that are both really good in the slot. You've got Derwin and Rayshon Jenkins and Nasir Adderley and a bunch of guys that, you know, it's going to be weird trying to like figure out which of those pieces are on the field at the, at the same time. And you've got so many of them that are good at the similar things that grabbing a guy like Akuda, like he is an instant upgrade over Michael Davis. He gives you that longevity after um, Hayward leaves and, you know, kind of just, it, it lets you be better right away. He's a guy that would get on the field immediately and would be on the field for a really long time. 
Um, and again, it, it's one of cornerback is one of those positions that looking at the PFF did this really cool article where they they kind of plotted the um, like success and longevity of players uh, depend at, by position where they were drafted. And I think it was like corner and offensive tackle. If you took one in the top ten, the likelihood that they became a multi-year starter was like seventy percent. And then outside of the top ten, those two positions, they just plummet, and it's like basically a fifty-fifty or worse shot that they even start a year or more. Um, and so, if there's a guy who's a consensus top ten pick at either of those two positions, you have to grab him because that guy is you just lock it down, and that guy's your starter for the next, you know, until he holds out or. <laughs> or the next 10 years so um yeah i think uh i think we're gonna go with okuda and uh overrule michael here but i don't think he'll be i don't think he would be sad about it if this was the pick no not at all <clears throat> to be honest i kind of forgot he was still on the board so <laughs> and simmons I, isn't a bad pick here either no i mean like what wealthier options can you pick between at this point in the draft, I'm gonna pop. Like all it takes is one crazy, uh, unexpected pick to, in the top five to get like a really good player at six, and so and we Derek should all Brown. be praying for a Colin Farrell or a D- Daniel Jones type of thing in the top five because that could mean really good stuff for the Chargers at six. Yep. Um, I went ahead and paused it here because we have our first other AFC West pick. So the Raiders wound up taking Justin Jefferson at twelve. Um, I don't like that, but it makes me feel a lot better about the Okuda pick. <laughs> Interesting. Took him over and then, Higgins, and, and then the Broncos took rugs. <laughs> so, oh, uh, makes sense. So Chargers took corner, and then the rest of the AFC West just starts loading up on wide receivers. Whoa! All right. So the Raiders at nineteen took Marlon Davidson. I've seen him rank crazy high in some of these mock draft rankings. I just feel like they've already done so much on their defensive line that this feels like a weird pick to me. The Niners went Josh Jones over Jedrick Wills, which is interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, interesting indeed. (laughs) Yeah, unless they're thinking that, like, well, unless the computer is thinking that Jedrick Wills is, like, purely a right tackle and counts that as a point off. Oh, Herbert slipped all the way to 20 to the Jaguars. Mm, still too high. <laughs> I'd rather have Minshew. Damn. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine if the revolt Jaguars fans would, would do if, if they've just fallen in love with Minshew and then they grab Herbert and they're like, all right, we're going to trade Minshew to the Patriots now. Talk about a different kind of guy, just in general. Like oh that's that's polar opposites, man. <laughs> All right, done with the first round. By the way, we're all drafting as if we're Telesco. How many of us would at least consider an offensive lineman at six in this scenario? If we, if it was us drafting, and not Telesco. Oh, if it wasn't, I I would have taken an offense if Akuda was off the board, but Simmons was still there. I would have gone offensive line over Simmons. Wait a minute. So right now we're doing what we think the Charger, what Telesco is going to do. Oh, not our own. If we're going what we think Telesco is going to do, he's picking Herbert right there. Because <laughs> I think this is our own draft. Yeah, right? this is our this draft. We we're, we're okay, drafting right. as if we are 
Tom Tilla, if, if we are the general manager of the Chargers and we're trying to do what we think is best. Oh, gotcha. Decline trades. Okay, we are back on the clock. So the second round started out with Rager going to the Bengals. Jordan Love, yes, we've been saved by the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> they took Rivers, and now they take Love. Uh, and then edge player, edge player. Okay, so somehow Javon Kinlaw has still fallen. Oh, my God. That is, oh, my. That is tempting. <laughs> uh, yeah. I would say we skip that just because – yeah, that's, that's not, not something that's going to happen. Well, yeah, that's true. All right, so let's look at offensive tackle. So we've got Isaiah Wilson, who's been a name recently that's kind of been coming up a little bit. Ezra Cleveland is a name that has been tied with the Chargers a bunch. Um, we'll go in reverse order this time uh, for who we think we should pick. Um, and so just let me know when it gets to your spot if there's a position you want to see um, besides the overall board. Um, so with passing on offensive tackle in the first, um, for me, it's it's tempting to go wide receiver here. I like both of these names um, at the top of two. I like Clay, what are those names? Chase Claypool and uh, how do you pronounce it? Is it Ayuk? How do you, how do you say it? It's Ayuk. Ayuk. Yeah. Yeah. So Claypool and Ayuk. I, I would have Ayuk actually over Claypool here at the top of two. Claypool might is kind of a reach here, but the Chargers apparently like him, and he's from Notre Dame, so that makes sense. Um, but I actually do really like this Ezra Cleveland. Um, I would like Ezra Cleveland here at the top of two. Um, there's a lot of rumors recently that he's going to be, you know, going the top in the bottom end of the first. Um, this might be a guy that they'd have to like trade back up into the first to be able to get, but he, he fits the profile of the offensive tackle that the chargers like to play. Um, and I think he's good. And I think that with, with what they already have at wide receiver, I think they can afford to wait and look at who's still on the board in the third round. Um, but there's, there's a pretty big drop off coming here soon at offensive tackle. If you don't grab one now. So my vote is Ezra Cleveland. Garrett? All right. Um, so read them off to me because we're, we're just seeing your screen, right? So um, so who, what are the wide receivers again? So the wide receivers on the board are Chase Claypool, Brandon Ayuk, um, Devin DuVernay Ayuk. from Texas, uh, Brian Edwards from South Carolina, Gandy Golden, Lynn Bowden, K.J. Hill, Van Jefferson, Okay. Uh, what about defensive tackle? It's not Kinlaw. Defensive tackle is uh, Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma, uh, Matabuke from Texas A&M, Ross Blacklock. Uh, that's a guy I really like from TCU. Uh, Jordan Elliott, Raekwon Davis, Lecky Fotu. Okay. Give me linebacker. Sorry, I don't. I don't mean to no, do you're this. You're good. We can't see the board. Okay. Uh, linebackers. We got Malik Harrison. Akeem Davis-Gaither, Logan Wilson, Willie Gay Jr., Jordan Brooks, Jacob Phillips, Troy Dye. Okay, well, um, you know, to be honest with you, I'm probably going to, man, it's probably between Jamie's Arizona State wide receiver and Ezra Cleveland. And because there's so much value at wide receiver, I think I'm going to agree with you on Ezra Cleveland. Um, who I have ranked higher than um, what's his name? The right tackle that is right above him on the ranking that I forgot. 
Um, Isaiah Wilson. Isaiah Wilson. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, uh, Ezra Cleveland fits a lot of what the Chargers are looking for. He's an athletic, uh, bigger left tackle. I know Telesco is probably not going to go offensive tackle here, but uh, I don't think Pipkins is the answer. I think Ezra Cleveland has the athletic ability, uh, great at the second level, and I think uh, would fit camp and style perfectly, which makes sense why everybody's mocking him there. I was hoping Josh Jones would fall here at the top of the second. Since he didn't, the next best offensive tackle to me is Cleveland. So I'll, I'll say Ezra Cleveland. All right, Jamie. Who are the top tackles on the board again? Cleveland and, and Cleveland, uh, Wilson, Wilson. And then the like kind of fringe guys that have been talked about in the second. Um, uh, that Auburn tackle, Prince, name I'm not going to try to pronounce, and then Ben Barch. <laughs> and then uh, Lucas Niang. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Ayuk here um, because I think he helps in multiple areas. I think, number one, he's their third receiver. He has the ability to ascend to maybe a high-end wide receiver, too, if not a low-end one. Makes plays at all three levels of the field, and he's going to come in and make plays as a kick returner and a punt returner and take that out of um, take that out of Des King's hands, who made some terrible decisions last year. So as much as I'd like to go offensive tackle here, I just – I think Ayuk is heads and shoulders better than the rest of the receivers on the board here, so I'm going to take him. Okay. Daniel, what you got? Yeah, so um, as Garrett was talking, I actually had also narrowed it down to both Brandon Ayuk and Ezra Cleveland. Um, Ayuk, I actually watched him earlier today and loved what I saw of him on tape. Um, I feel like he is what they, not speed-wise, but as far as utilization in the offense, what they wish they could have done with someone um, of that stature uh, or he's the kind of wide receiver they would want out of out of out of like the third guy. Um, put him with Allen for this season. Hopefully they extend him and then Mike Williams, and that actually gives you a third wide receiver because if you look at the roster, there is no third wide receiver. So having someone like that in the second round, I think is is great value. Um, but when you look at the offensive tackles, like you said, they really do fall off the cliff after him. You have the giant and Isaiah Wilson, um, and then uh, the other one you said was Tega Winogo, right out of Auburn. He yeah. was there too. Yeah, um, I think maybe more in the third round I would look at him. Um, so right here, Ezra Cleveland being an offensive tackle really kind of goes nowhere after this. Um, I, I would lean, I would lean Ezra, Ezra Cleveland here. I think the value of, of adding the offensive, offensive tackle to your, to your offensive line compared to what we saw out of Pipkin so far, especially with what will be a truncated, if not completely absent, offseason, um, I'd rather go with someone like Ezra Cleveland over Trey Pipkin, not only for this next season but going forward. So I think here I would go with him. And Michael, down to you. So I think I'm going to have to go with Ezra Cleveland as well. Um, I've actually grown to really like him. Um, I think he's one of the top guys in that second tier of offensive tackles. Uh, I've been preaching um, since before the season ended that I think the Chargers need to get to a more zone-based run scheme um, away from their power and gap stuff. I don't think their offensive linemen are honestly even built for the gap power stuff. Uh, they like athletic offensive linemen. Ezra Cleveland hits all their thresholds. I did. I need to redo it, but I uh, or look at it again. But I did the thresholds piece last year about what thresholds uh, Telesco looks for in his offensive linemen, and, and essentially, I mean, it is really athletic offensive linemen, guys who can jump, guys who are laterally quick. Um, and he, I mean, he likes a good forty as well. I think at six six, three hundred and eleven, whatever pounds he is, his hype is really coming from 
for the project he was people that like brian o'neill coming out i mean i mean colton miller's kind of been all right brian o'neill has been really solid for the vikings at right tackle um and people he was like a former tight end that was really raw at the position he's been really good i think he's a he's maybe let up maybe one sack in his two years starting for the vikings um so I like his athleticism. He's very patient in pass protection. Um, I like his his fundamentals there. He's got a patient punch, but he does struggle with pure strength, so he will need to get stronger. Um, you know, in his first year of the NFL, he may not start right away, but I think on a team like the Chargers, he would start right away because I think right away he'd be the best left tackle they have uh, on the on the roster that's not named Forrest Lamb. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with Ezra Cleveland. I like the value, um, especially if it's true that – teams might try to get into the first round to get him before uh, the day's over. I'm surprised that more wide receivers weren't on the board there. Like you see like Sonault still there usually and Hamler and Rager, but man, it went quick in the first round. Yeah, it did. That, that Especially like if you look right here at the bottom of the first round, like, Michael Pittman went, Rager went at the top of two, KJ Hamler went in the first, T. Higgins, Denzel, like there was a run right at the end of the first round. I suspect it won't be that way on draft day since it's so depth heavy, a wide receiver, that guy, teams will probably wait. So I saw a really interesting tweet on that, um, that somebody said that, um, so there's a lot of like, sources saying that a lot of like NFL front offices and GMs are saying that it's a really deep draft at wide receiver. Um, but somebody clarified that that's a misleading statement because there's a lot of guys who will be like 20 to 30 catch a year guys, uh, like 300 yard receivers or less, like a lot of wide receiver threes that are going to stick on rosters. But they're saying that, top end possible wide receiver ones there's only like four or five of those guys in this draft and so that that rumor we keep hearing it well not the rumor but the that um assessment that it's a really deep draft at wide receiver is being taken out of context a little bit uh from from what some people are hearing from you know talking a little more in depth to some of these guys um so yeah so it looks like we're all pretty much um agreeing on Ezra Cleveland here. Um, like we all said, like Ayuk is, he's in, he's definitely in the conversation here. It, it, it's not like a, they're running Ezra Cleveland up to the put. Well, they're not hitting send in the NFL draft slack. But, uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> he's, he's in the conversation here. So Ezra Cleveland here um, and the chargers grab an offensive tackle. Um, yeah, and I think I agree I'm, with Mike. Though I think I think Cleveland's a little light. I think he has some problems with power rushers too. Probably put on some muscle. He has some problems with inside moves too. Mm-hmm. Mike had a good assessment of him, though. I like that. Yeah, I think the other good thing about grabbing an offensive tackle right here, another high one, is the two points that I keep making to people that like when people are saying that the team believes in Trey Pipkins, um, they can believe in him all they want, but. A bad football team is a team that's like, oh, we have a guy that we think can get better when they have an opportunity to take a guy who is already better and can help your team uh, in the long term. Because worst case scenario in that situation is Pipkins doesn't get to start, and now he's if he, if he winds up being the guy you, you thought he was, he's a top-end swing tackle who can eventually like replace Bulaga in a couple of years. 
Um, and building that offensive line now just helps when you eventually do take your quarterback of the future. We should have been Tua, but we missed out yeah, on him. Yeah, grabbed from underneath us. No, I, I agree with what you're saying, though. Like, you, you shouldn't let um, a round three developmental guy from last year who didn't show a ton in his first season, although not expected to. And uh, I've seen some people kind of overreact to the signing of the XFL guy, the Storm Norton, of like, you shouldn't let either of those two or the combination of those two prevent you from getting someone who can instantly be a starter on your offense. So that, yeah. that should... That, that shouldn't prevent you from making this move. That's not that's expecting too much out of those guys, honestly. Yep. All right, so in a happy accident here, the Chargers are now on the <laughs> clock in the third round, and Brandon Ayuk is still on the board. Oh no, really? <laughs> Do we even? Well, this is about where he's so. Locked, I actually like that seems super unrealistic. But have you guys seen the people coming out like the scout, the anonymous scout, saying that Ayuk was like a fourth round talent? I've seen him projected so like he's one of those people that he's one of the players this year that has been projected. Uh, like you said, I've seen him anywhere from sneaking into the first to halfway through the fourth round. Um, I, like everyone agrees, he's he's got talent, but. I guess people are kind of all over the place on, um, like, if he's that consistent of a catcher, his route running, his time speed apparently scared a couple of people, which I don't agree with. He's He's got this gear that's really fun to watch when he just puts his foot in the ground and goes. Um, but, yeah, I he's I could see may, this could he could be one of those guys that might wind up, like, slipping down, like, when Des King that was there for us in the fourth, and we we're all like, oh, my God, he's still there? Like, I could be one of those guys in the third round. Um, so, Mike, I guess we'll go ahead and start with you. Uh, do you want me to read off any other names, or is he pretty much going to be your list? Um, so we took Akuda and Cleveland. Um, give me, besides that, you'll give me the top um, wide receivers. For shits and gigs, give me the top running backs and linebackers. Okay, so wide receivers, we have Ayuk. Uh, Deverney, Brian Edwards, Antonio Gandy-Golden, Lynn Bowden, K.J. Hill, Colin Johnson from Texas, and Van Jefferson. And then at running back, Cam Akers is there, Darrington Evans, A.J. Dillon, Zach Moss. Linebackers, Malik Harrison, Akeem Davis-Gaither is still there, Logan mm. Wilson is still there, Willie Gay Jr. is still there, Jordan Brooks is still there. So, All right. Actually, I don't think a linebacker has really been taken since – and I don't think a linebacker went in the second round. So I'm torn here. If you want to be completely honest, um, my, one of my favorite guys in this entire draft is Cam Akers. I absolutely love Cam Akers. I think the fact that he was able to put up well over 1,100 yards rushing, um, I think he had 14, 15, 16, something like that, and touchdowns. Um, he, uh, he contributes in the passing game, and he did all of this behind – what was probably one of, if not the worst, offensive line in, in Division One. Um, one of the crazy stats I read about him was he was contacted. One of every three runs, around thirty percent, he was hit at or behind the line of scrimmage. One out of three times he would be hit before he could even get started, and he still put up those types so of numbers. So he'd fit right in on the Chargers. Yeah, I mean that's a good way. That's an easy way to to put him in with the team. But I just think. Uh, one of the most translatable things for running backs from college to the pros is the ability to make something out of nothing. And I think we went um, the last four or five years with Melvin Gordon watching him be unable to make something out of nothing, which is why we loved Austin Eckler so much. Like in situations where Gordon would be stopped, 
Eckler found a way to wiggle free to make a guy miss and to get extra yardage. So I love running backs that can turn something into nothing. Um, so I'm a big fan of Acres. I, I think my call, honestly, would be a UK. Wait, wait, you mean you like, sorry, you like running backs who can turn nothing into something? Because we just had Melvin Gordon. He turned something into nothing all the time. <laughs> just wanted to clarify. If I, yeah, if I said that wrong, <laughs> if I flipped that around, my bad. But yeah, turning, turning uh, nothing into something, yes. Um, the thing is, if we're considering the possibility of Ayuk being here at the top of the third, then I think that would be the pick based on just position need alone, unless this team wants to really thrive in a two-wide receiver, two-tight end set with Eckler. Um, I think they need to get that third wide receiver. And yes, I do think Ayuk is is definitely a top talent. I, haven't, I didn't watch him in depth. I've seen that the uh, opinions on him are you know on either side of the spectrum. Um, so I think I would go Ayuk, but like in a minute, if Cam Akers was there at the top of the third, I would take him. Okay, Cam Akers. And real quick, Stebbins, before you take over, uh, there's some people asking just out of their curiosity. Um, the quarterbacks at this point still available are Jake Fromm, Jalen Hurts, and then a bunch of names that aren't going to be playing football very long. So, um, yeah, that's the list. All right, Stebbins. Yeah, Fromm. No, I'm kidding. Um, so <laughs> when, when, uh, hey, don't when... steal my bit, asshole. It's my <laughs> <laughs> I let I let search for you. Uh, so uh, so Ayuk uh, still being there is is we'll be coming back to that. But um, the linebackers you said did I hear a Keen Davis Gaither was still on the board? He is still there. Yep. That is what makes it hard to take Ayuk. Um, mm. Can I stop in for one second? Go What's ahead. the difference between a Keen Davis Gaither and what Jatavis Brown was coming out? Uh. If we're being totally honest, they're both 5'11", maybe under 6 foot, about 225 pounds. They're slippery. They can get upfield. At least they did in college. Like, Jatavis Brown had 11, 12, 13 sacks. Like, I had a buddy who played with him, and he's like, Jatavis Brown was the best defensive player ever, and he played with all the guys who went through Iowa the last couple of years. So, like, it was just, we all thought he was going to be great, and I can't help but see these short, kind of lightweight linebackers like, I don't know what the shelf life is. I don't know what the percentage is. You know, once you're that short or that small, how long you last in the NFL. I just don't think this team has had good luck with short, lighter linebackers. That's it. He's 6'2", oh, so 220. Akeem Davis Gaither? Yeah. Yeah, he was 224 at the combine. 6'2 is what's what's incredible. I thought he was like 5'11", 6'0". <laughs> no, at the combine, he was 6'1". So there goes that rant. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean that's fair. I mean that's, that's totally fair. I was also someone who was a, a big fan of Jatavis Brown, so maybe that's just kind of my my predisposition to those kind of, of linebackers that could that could be what I, what that is there. Um, but I don't I don't see him uh, having as much of an issue necessarily as Jatavis Brown did. Um, also coming from very different backgrounds and having different tape, I think I liked Kim Davis Gaither's tape better than I liked um, Jatavis Brown coming out of college. But again, I was a big Jatavis Brown fan, so that could be why I do lean toward that type of linebacker there. Um, that being said, I was going to go back to Ayuk anyway. Like I said, I was going to come back to Ayuk. Um, I don't think he can pass up what he can do to your, what he can add to your offense, not only now but going forward. Um, that, that, kind of, that kind of weapon uh, for wide receiver in the third round is, is insane to me. Um, I'm definitely going to go with Ayuk. I considered him strongly in the second. I could not pass him up here. So mine, mine's Ayuk. All right. Jamie? Who are the defensive tackles available? Defensive tackle, uh, Matabuke is still there from Texas A&M, Jordan Elliott from Missouri, Raekwon Davis from Alabama, Lakey Fotu is still there from Utah, 
Devon Hamilton, Ohio State, James Lynch, Baylor. Any other names you're specifically looking for? No, that was pretty much it. Um, even though I think he'd be gone at this point, I'm just going to go with Ayuk. I, like I said, I think he makes plays at all three levels of the field. I think he plays a lot faster than what his time showed at the Combine. Uh, is he the best route runner in the class? No. But I think he, the routes he runs, he runs really well, and he has the, the agility to become an even better route runner working with Keenan. Uh, and I think he breathes a lot of life into the return game. So I think it's kind of a no-brainer at this point. Cool. All right, Garrett? Yeah, same thing. Uh, Davis Gaither, I, I'd think about, and um, Mata Buke, or however we pronounce him, is, uh, is a, good, a good pick there. But with the signing of Vigil and re-signing Denzel Perryman, you got Malik Jefferson, Kaiser White, Drew Tranquil still. So uh, it's not that big of a need, but that wide receiver three is naked. So I would definitely go with a guy like Ayuk. I know that his route running isn't perfect, but what I do like about it is that he's very nuanced. In his route running, so I think there's a lot to still work on there, and I think he's still got a ceiling there. I don't think he's like completely hamstrung by his route running. He's a fluid athlete. You talked about having some juice as a returner. I mean, Arizona State. Watching the more I watched him, Arizona State just gave him the ball late and was like, "Hey, do something for us. You know, make a play." And I want a guy like that. So, you know, maybe he's a slot receiver early on. You got Mike Williams and Keenan Allen uh, on the outside, but. Uh, we, you need some speed on this uh, offense now. Uh, you have Mike Williams who can stretch, but he's not you know, he's not going to burn anybody. He's a long strider, and maybe he's a deep threat, but he's not. there isn't that speed. And the team definitely needs speed, and now they have a guy like Ayuk who can uh, help out as a returner. I know they got Jennings in, the, uh, in free agency. That'll be some competition there too, but I, I like him. You know, manufacture some touches for Ayuk. Give him you know, five to ten touches a game. I think he could do some uh, real damage. Yep, and I agree with all that. I think I, I while I'm with Michael where I like Acres, I think that the need at wide receiver three slash returner outweighs the luxury pick that Acres is at this point. Um with you know, with Justin um Jackson and, and Austin Eckler in the backfield. So um I think Ayuk helps the team a lot more right now. He makes the team a lot better right the second his name is announced than basically anyone else left on the board right now um yeah i just yeah and i i nope sorry go ahead i was just gonna say i think people overlook the fact that with Ayuk, he was a number two or number three receiver for his first couple years in college and 2019 was really his first year as the man on the asu offense so he kind of flew under the radar there were other deep options they had Nikhil harry that he played behind um so last year was really his first chance to really step up and make make a lot of plays and like garrett said he was the guy who, in late in games, because ASU didn't score early in games, they kind of sit and wait and and try to keep games close and win it in the final couple possessions. Every game, he'd catch a ball deep or break a, a screen pass or make a big return. Every single one of their wins, he made a big play in the fourth quarter. So I think there's a lot of value in that. All right. They're going to pick Ayuk. All right, so while this is finishing up right here, so if this was the Chargers day one and two, Akuda, Ezra Cleveland, and Ayuk. Let's start with uh, with Michael again. Give me your grade for the first two days if those are the three names that the Chargers are coming away with. I think you're hard-pressed to give them anything less than an A, for being honest. Um, you hit really important positions. Yeah, they didn't get a quarterback. Um, but in terms of 
right away production and contributions from those players. Um, I think, you know, Ezra might not contribute right away, but otherwise, Ayuk is instant, Akuda is instant, and um, I don't think you can ask for much better than that, if we're being honest. So I give it, I honestly do give it a strong solid A. All right, Stevens. Absolutely. I couldn't go any lower than an A at that point, man. You're upgrading at your left tackle spot in the second round. You're getting a wide receiver that's going to be an impact immediately, but also going forward no matter what happens with Keenan Allen or uh, Mike Williams with their contract situations in the next two years, back-to-back. But um, you get both of those guys, and neither one is your first overall pick. Like, that's, that's, that's fantastic to me. Um, you're getting an instant starter at corner and someone who, you know, projections aside – um, should be a, a, a starting corner going going down the road here. So I think you have created three major positions, not only for now, but for the future. And uh, I can't go any lower than an A. That's, that's, that's great. All right, Jamie? Yeah, I think I'll say A- minus just because they didn't get a quarterback. But at the end of the day, getting a, a potential future left tackle who could possibly replace Pipkins, getting the wide receiver three, and obviously getting a shutdown corner I think are three huge additions that obviously make the team better right away, regardless of being able to get a quarterback or not. So hard to give that, uh, hard to give that, that draft less than an A so far. Garrett. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, a minus a is about the range. I know we're doing it and uh, you know, we might be a little biased here, but (laughs) you know, with, yeah, (laughs) Hey, we did great guys Uh, with the first pick. You know, you just try to get a starter, and the Chargers need a, a corner too. Okuda could be a corner one easy. He could be a top five, ten corner in this league. He is incredible. Ezra Cleveland could easily be a left tackle. Uh, you got a developmental project, but still tons of value getting Cleveland at the top of two. And then the fact that the Chargers just need a wide receiver three, and you got a guy like Ayuk who could be a low end wide receiver one on some teams, probably a wide receiver two. You know, I think you got a ton of value. Uh, you fit probably your three biggest needs, but not getting a quarterback is a problem because then you have to look at, you know, is it roll with Tyrod Taylor in 2020? Is it, you know, hey, give Cam Newton a call once this draft is over? I mean, there's there's a lot of ways they can go, but, um, you know, we all wanted Tua at six, but he wasn't there. So the next best option for me, outside of anybody else that's going to be there, not including Chase Young and Joe Burrow, is Jeffrey Okuda. So I think every pick they made, they exceeded their expectation in the position value. So it's an A for me. Yeah, and I'll round it out with, yeah, it, it's an A. And I think the thing here is, uh, like every, like we all keep mentioning, we didn't grab a quarterback. But, you know, if 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 it's not Burrow or Tua, it's almost not worth grabbing a quarterback in this draft, in my opinion. Like, I am I'm one of the, I guess you'd call me a, a Herbert hater because – I'm just not a fan of taking it. Like if he somehow fell to the top of two, sure. Yeah, I'll take him. No problem. I'd be happy about the pick, but I'm not spending a top 10 pick on Justin Herbert. Um, and once you've decided to give up on that ship, then I think you just go all in on building the rest of the team and either drive on with Tua for a year, look at uh, like a Cam Newton as a small rental or, you know, package some picks next year to trade up but you know you just you got to build a team for a guy if you're not going to grab him right now and <clears throat> i think with those picks we did that we shored up shored up the defense for a little bit with akuda we grabbed a good left tackle we grabbed a wide receiver three um so you've got plenty of weapons plenty of options you've you, you know you've protected whoever is going to be playing quarterback i just yeah i think we did i think 
the way the board fell, this is, you know, kind of best case scenario for what the Chargers could do here. So, um, yeah. All right. So starting day three, uh, Garrett, you're going to go first. But uh, just to let you know, Mike, uh, Cam Akers is still there with the Chargers on. Oh, wait, we haven't started the round yet. <laughs> we'll start the round. And <laughs> oh, Cam Akers is still there. Okay. Uh, but That's what's up. Garrett, you're going to go first. So let me know what positions you want me to read. Okay. Uh, give me linebackers. So there was just a run on linebackers. So... <laughs> Which means Davis Gaither's gone, right? Davis Gaither's way gone. Um, okay. The top names still on here are Troy Dye out of Oregon, Evan Weaver from California, Davian Taylor from Colorado, Cam Brown from Penn State. Um, yeah, it's uh, linebackers okay. looking rough right now. Oh, man. Um, all right, give me uh, in uh, defensive line. Defensive line. All right, so James Lynch from Baylor, Devon Hamilton from Ohio State. Richard Lawrence from LSU, Broderick Washington from Texas Tech. Is Fotu gone? Fotu is gone. He went. Well, it looks like he went pretty shortly after the Chargers picked last time. Wait, where did he go? Oh yeah, he did. He went to the Broncos a couple picks after the Chargers last round. Give me the top. Did you say Raquan Davis is still there? Uh. Or did I hear that? Wrong. You heard that wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, give give me the sorry. Give me the top two names. Top two three. For a defensive line. Yeah. James Lynch from Baylor, David Hamilton from Ohio State, and Richard Lawrence from LSU. Okay. Uh, give me God. Uh, what's running back? Running back is Akers, Darrington Evans, AJ Dillon, Zach Moss. Running back's pretty much untouched from last time. Hmm. Uh. Okay. Uh. I'm gonna go. I, I, yeah. This is tough. Damn. I don't know what we're gonna do for the next three rounds, guys. Um. Shit. Well. Okay. Um. All right. I'll go running back here, and um, a guy that I think would be a good fit for the Chargers is not Cam Akers. It's Zach Moss because he's a brutal power back. Great balance. Power. Uh, did some really good work in space against defenders. He's your old school, grind it out, pound the rock type of running back. He's got some receiving ability. I think he's a pretty good value pick here and fits what the Chargers do not have on the roster right now with Eckler and Jackson. They've got a short yardage back. Uh, there's some others that I like later on, but uh, this is pretty good value here. So I'm going to say Zach Moss out of Utah. Okay. Uh, Jamie? List the top four running backs again. We have Cam Akers, Darrington Evans, AJ Dillon, Zach Moss. Those are the top four on the board. Um, nothing left at linebacker. And I know nobody asked, but Jalen Hurts is still on the board. Yeah, they're asking in the chat. <laughs> I <didn't> ask. <laughs> He's right where he belongs. Still not picked. Um, what about corners? So at cornerback, uh, the top names are Lamar Jackson from Nebraska. Uh, a big draft Twitter name is still there, Amick Robertson from Louisiana Tech. Uh, Kendall Vildor from Georgia Southern. Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame. Harrison Hand from Temple. Wide receivers? 
wide receiver. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones from Michigan. Isaiah Hodgins from uh, Oregon State. Um, John Hightower from Boise. Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. Mm. What about offensive tackles? Uh, Jack Driscoll from Auburn. Alex Taylor from South Carolina State. Charlie Heck from North Carolina. Trey Adams from Washington, who has mm. fallen off the face of the earth after being a possible first-round pick last year before he got hurt. Driscoll's mm. pretty good value there. Do you say Jordan Elliott's still on the board or no? Sorry. Uh, no. No. No? All right. I think I'm going to go Davon Hamilton here because the team needs extra, additional depth at – Defensive tackle. Uh, I personally am not touching Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. I don't like really much of anything about him besides the fact that he can run. Um, I think he's a terrible passer. Doesn't read the defense well, so I'm not taking him. Um, I think it's too early for a running back because personally I'd be looking for a complimentary back, somebody who can take five to ten carries and help take a little bit of the load off of uh, Jackson and Eckler. I don't want somebody to take the ball out of Eckler's hands, per se, and get the majority of the touches. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Devon Hamilton. Okay. Uh, Stebbins, before you start, uh, Natane Muti is still there? wonder why you would say that before I started. I don't know. I don't know. It's really random. Just, I mean, something told me to tell you that somebody from Fresno State was still on the board? It's totally random of you to say that to a Bulldog. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh <laughs> Um, no, I love Muti, man. I love him, but he's it's that, that injury history is just it's it's brutal. Um, and uh, <laughs> Chargers kind of have an issue with that. I'm not sure many people watching know or aware that Chargers have issue with injuries. So, um, no, I'm not I'm not going to go with Muti. But uh, actually, I'm going to be copying Jamie Hoyle here because uh, Davon Hamilton um, I thought was much more impressive than his. Uh, um, I'm sorry, it was impressive in a different way than even his stats show. Like, the last season, they showed he had six sacks. But I think what his, what his value is is not just as a pass rush guy. Like, if you look at his tape from 2018, um, there was even there was less of, a, of the pure pass rush alone. But I think he's, he's so good at the middle, um, that kind of presence. And although they have, they have names on the roster, um, we're looking at this brought in Linville Joseph, which is great. He is over 30, so this is not exactly a long-term answer there. Um, you have Tillery, who was obviously disappointing to most people. Cortez Broughton, who we don't really know what we're going to get out of, and Justin Jones, who I don't think most, most of us really like either. Um, I want to add another name there. And Davon Hamilton was, was someone who his tape last year I thought was impressive, but it was impressive in 2018 as well. Um, I think his what he can add there is, is, is much needed, um, not only for this season. He may not see a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of on the field this season, but going forward I think he will. So I'm going to go with Davon Hamilton as well. All right. Or Mike, Devon, I guess. Michael, who you got? Or is there any other positions you want to hear about? Um, no, not really. I mean, Acres is there, right? Yeah, Acres is there. Okay. Um, I mean, I would still go with Acres. I just think Acres is even as one of like the top. You know, sometimes he's in the top five, six, whatever. I think he's still super underrated in terms of a playmaker. Um, it might be weird or a little, you know, recency bias to say 
that when I watch him, I see a lot of Dalvin Cook. And I mean, it is the guy that he sat behind at Florida State, but I think he runs with surprising power. I think he's just agile enough and elusive enough to to make guys miss, even though it's not like his calling card or anything. And then I've already explained why I think he would translate super well. Um, Again, the whole makes something out of nothing situation. Um, I think he's just a different type of running back compared to a lot of the top guys that he can do both. He's still, I mean, he's 5'11", but he's 215, probably going to get up to 220 pounds. Um, so he's still, he's not a slouch by any means. I think still, he's big enough um, coming out of college to play that bigger running back role. And I don't think he's going to take um, any snaps away from um, anyone but Justin Jackson. I recently talked to um, Matthew Berry about, you know, how he views Eckler and stuff like that this year in fantasy. And, and the consensus is that it's not, any other running back isn't going to um, play like and Eckler, Eckler and another running back. It's Eckler with another running back. If, if Eckler's not in the backfield, he's going to be in the slot. He's going to be out at wide receiver. He's going to get his 17, 18, 19, 20 touches a game, if not more. Um, so I'm not worried about someone stealing Eckler's snaps anymore after Gordon be, is gone now. Um, so I like Devon Hamilton, though. I actually really do. I liked him as one of the um, potential target for the Chargers, but I just like Akers' value more at this moment in time. All right. Um, and before I go, there's a lot of people in chat wanting a discussion on uh, Tyler Badass from Wisconsin. Beatish? Yeah, no, I, I'm. It's always going to be badass. That's how I've said it in my head this entire t- time. It's going to. Yeah, be- I'll. I'll uh, we can talk about that for a second. Um, so Tyler Beatish, he it, it is super weird if you followed along his career. Like he's he's been freshman All American, first team All Big Ten multiple times, um, All American I think on multiple occasions. Like. He's done it all. It is a little confusing to me. Like they have Cesar Ruiz, Nick Harris, um, you know, a handful of centers over over Beadish. And I mean, I don't know what's not to love about Beadish. I don't think he did anything at the combine. He isn't tested or anything um, like that. But he's a guy who has size. He's six four, I think, about three fifteen. Who isn't flashy by any means, but all he's done is get the job done. Which at the end of the day, that is what you want. And so. You know, I think if someone were to get him on in the in round three, top of day three, uh, that'd be huge. But um, at the end of the day, I just I'm not really sure. People think he's weak, even though he's gotten the job done. He's very, very. I think his functional strength um, might be a little low for some people, or just pure power isn't there. I'm not sure. I, it is a really confusing thing. I don't know if anyone else has an opinion on him, but it's weird to see a guy so decorated not get like any love uh, this draft. Yeah, it's so crazy that he was like so dominant in eighteen, but then there was like this regression. It's it's the medicals though. It was that hip surgery in nineteen and that um, soldier sur- that uh, shoulder surgery in twenty. So no, you know nobody really knows what to do with the, with that. But dude, he is he's good. He's going to be a really really good value pick for somebody because he's really good in the run game. And really good. He's like a wall in pass protection. He's really good. Yeah, I kind of echo what Garrett said. I think. Um... Not necessarily the same level of issue because I think I don't, I don't think there was as big of a fallout for Biadesh as there was for Trey Adams. But you look at, at at the medicals and what they did in their past. It's it's you know day two pick easy like no question. Um, but when you factor, you have to factor in the medical and someone like Trey Adams, I think it was it was much more of a fallout on the field as well. But Biadesh that that medical situation and I don't know especially with this offseason being what it is, you're going to see him go very high. So. Um, I, I, I would probably start looking at him maybe the next round, but I wouldn't – not in four. Not for me. So, Matt, who you got? 
So I'm actually going to go and I'm going to join Stevens and Hoyle and uh, go David Hamilton. Oh. You guys wow. suck. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so here's here's the thing is I I feel like running back is really kind of crowded and I am much more scared about the defensive line depth than I am about the running back depth. Um, especially, you know, even if they bring in Cam Newton, you know, with Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor, Easton Stick, you've got three super mobile quarterbacks. You've got Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson and whoever else winds up coming back um, of those, like, bottom-of-the-barrel guys that they had last year that we always wind up falling in love with in preseason. Um, you know, I, I, I still think that there's going to be one of these guys available with our next pick. I, I still think there's probably going to be, like – a Zach Moss there, or um, I know he's not very big, but I he is still a, kind of a power guy. Michael Warren in, from Cincinnati, he's he's small, but that dude is a he's a wrecking ball. Um, and you know that that fullback that apparently the Chargers are interested in, he was a running back for a long time, and he's I mean I think he's smaller than AJ Dillon, um, so he's another guy that I could think could come in and fill that power back role. Um, and I think Devon ha- Hamilton just kind of makes the team better now um, than grabbing a, 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 an extra running back right now. Yeah, man, Michael Warren's a guy I like later too. For sure. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So the rest of the fourth round is rolling out. And as I said that, Zach Moss went to the Jets. Oh, there goes Tyler to the Ravens. That's a Ravens pick. Let's see who else is rolling out here. AJ Dillon just went to the Falcons. Mm. Damn. Geno Stone went to the Eagles with the last pick in the fourth round. I like Geno Stone. That dude can hit. He tested like crap, though. That was one of the worst performances I've seen at the combine. All right, top of the fifth. Charges are on the clock. Michael, what positions would you like to hear about? Um, what running backs are left, what linebackers are left, and um, uh, let's go offensive tackles again. Okay. So from top to bottom on their rankings right now, we have Eno Benjamin from Arizona State, 
Anthony McFarland from Maryland, Joshua Kelly from UCLA, Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt, Javon Leak from Maryland, uh, Michael Warren from Cincinnati. Um, any other names you're looking for there? No, that's fine. You can go on. Okay. Linebackers. Uh, Shaquille Quarterman from Miami, Sage Lewis from Florida International, uh, Joe Batchy from Michigan State. Is that how you say his name or is it Backy? I think it's Bakke, I think, right? Gotcha. Who knows? Uh, Michael Divinity Jr. from LSU, Keandre Jones from Maryland, Casey Tuhill from Stanford, and a bunch of special teams guys. And then offensive tackles, Charlie Heck from North Carolina, Trey Adams is still there, Scott France from Kansas State, um, Yasir Durant from Missouri. Okay, those guys suck. Um, give me cornerbacks. <laughs> cornerbacks real quick, and then that'll be fun. All right, corners. A.J. Green from Oklahoma State, who the Chargers have apparently talked to. Uh, Luke Barco, San Diego State. Demarcus Assey from Missouri. Uh, Levert Hill from Michigan. James Pierre from Florida Atlantic. Those are a lot of shitty names. Um <laughs> You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to running back here and go with Joshua Kelly. Uh, he was an early guy on that following his really good performance at the senior. Um, he rushed for over 100 yards in that game. Had a really impressive week. wasn't like the best guy, but was just very consistent. And uh, I think he's a little bit of a do it all guy. Not the biggest. I mean, he's 5'11", 212. Um, ran just under a four five with a four four nine. Strong. I mean, 23 reps. Uh, wasn't the most explosive, only 31 in the vert, um, but he did run a sub-7-3 cone drill, 4-2-8, 20-yard shuttle lanes, and too bad either. I just think he's another good depth piece for the backfield. And um, Listening to those other names, I don't know where else they would go. I mean, uh, before I, I solidified this Josh Kelly, actually, we just run through which receivers are left because there might be a speed guy in there that might be worth a, a flyer as well. Sure. And uh, there's one of the running back that the chat is getting on me to mention is Antonio Gibson from Memphis. Oh, he's there? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, he, might, he might be an option um, as well. I was waiting for you to say his name, but didn't think he was there. Um, so wide receivers, we have Courtney Davis from Texas A&M, Quintus Cephas from Wisconsin, Joe Reed from Virginia, Isaiah Coulter from Rhode Island. Um, any other names you want me to read out? James Proshi from SMU, Benjamin Victor, Ohio State, Juwan Jennings, Tennessee. You know what? Um, I'm actually going to go with Antonio Gibson from Memphis. Um, I think the NFL is evolving to a point where guys that are dynamic just in general uh, like Gibson are worth a shot now, especially when you can get them with a day three pick. Um, I mean, I'm not saying he's he's a Devo Samuel because he's not a, you know, a refined route runner and stuff like that. I'm not saying he's anywhere near a Percy Harvin type guy. But this guy just didn't get the ball that often. But when he got the ball, he knew exactly what to do with it. He made quite a few just amazing plays, eye-popping stuff, broke all kinds of tackles, made, again, something out of nothing quite a few times. Um, and I think having a guy like that who was a wide receiver and you don't see guys who make that transition from wide receiver to running back in the NFL. Sometimes you see it the other way around. Um, but I think adding another really versatile, dangerous option um, to the offense is never a bad idea. And I think if we're going offense here, um, there's no one more dangerous and dynamic than uh, Gibson. Steven? Yeah, I was really bummed when I didn't hear Gibson's name being said, so I'm glad that you 
that not only said that, but you, but you, uh, you called that out as well because he is absolutely my pick here. Um, he is the, the kind of thing that he's the, the equivalent to what they've been doing on defense now for the last, what, four or five years as far as versatile. This dude can be wide receiver, running back, and that's kind of what we, we need, right? Like, like the Chargers need uh, fourth, fifth wide receiver or running back, the third, number three guy overall, I think, it, or the number three guy on the depth chart. I think what he can add to that, to the offense is, is huge. Um, big guy, so it's not like he's, I think he's what, six foot 220, I think is what it says here for his combine. I mean, it's, it's, I think that's a no-brainer. Uh, I think you run that, not card, but whatever you said earlier, the Zoom chat, whatever it is, I think you press that instantly. Like, that, him still being on the board is a no-brainer for me. It's Antonio Gibson. All right, Jamie. Um, yeah, I think I'll go with Gibson, too. I, having the ability to move, move him around the field and make plays a lot like they do with Eckler, I think, is really valuable. Uh, gives him a lot of flexibility. Uh, and, my God, that, that guy's... Um, lower body, his legs are just enormous. I, that was the first thing I noticed watching him on film was just how huge his thighs are and how massive that guy is. So Yeah, now it's a I draft show. We're talking every... about men's thighs. There we go. <laughs> um, Bingo. I just think that having a guy with his kind of skill set and his abilities that we can move around the field, that the Chargers can move around the field <laughs> and help spread the ball around to him, I think would be very valuable. So I'll, I'll go with Gibson as well. All right, Garrett. This is the fifth round, right? Yep. Fifth, uh, yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to find a more explosive player than Gibson. And I'm going to lose out anyway because, you know, I, the Chargers are still missing a power back. And maybe you get that later on or in uh, uh, when you start exploring UDFAs. But, you know, uh, you guys talked about a lot of it. But, you know, the explosive traits is speed, vision, agility, hands like a whiteout. I mean, he can contribute everywhere. He kind of reminds me when I'm watching him was like that Tariq Cohen type role where, you know, you can get him out of the backfield, line him up as a wide receiver. He's a running back. Um, he's got the hands. Uh, he's a problem in open space. And not to mention, you got another guy on the roster who can contribute on special teams as a returner. So now you got some uh, more dynamic weapons on special teams. If you want to maybe run Ayuk and Gibson as punt returner, kick returner, switch that off wherever you want. But, um, yeah, man. I mean, there's no, there isn't a more exciting player than Gibson here of the guys you've listed, and uh, they definitely need, uh, obviously, some wide receiver depth and need a running back three. Um, you know, y- you want a power back here, but you know, how-, how can you pass up a guy like Gibson here in the fifth round? You got to go there. Yep. I'll go ahead and make it unanimous. Uh, thanks, chat, for reminding me of of Gibson. I, I don't know why I, I saw his name there, and I was just like, yeah, that's a nobody. And then moved on. Um, you almost fucked that up. I did. I did almost fuck that up. See, that's why uh, all of you who stuck with us through the echoing earlier, thank you. Um, but yeah, Gibson, Gibson, he is the luxury pick you have to make because of what he provides. Um, he he does everything like we said. He he provides you know low end wide receiver three capability when you get him out there. He is another running back. He provides another person who can be a dynamic returner so that you don't even have to think about trotting out, you know, a Troy Main Pope or Des King or, you know, getting tempted to put Austin Eckler out there. Like, just screw it. Put him out there. Put him and I out there and just let it ride. Um, yeah, I think this this pick makes a ton of sense. I almost wonder if you could use him as kind of like a makeshift move tight end at his size. And move him around a little bit. I mean, I think you can not do. Not I think you can do a lot. I think, especially like with a Tyrod Taylor, have this like 
weird, like, quadruple option wishbone offense and just have, like, all of these people in the backfield that the defense, like, you can't cover everyone. Um, I'm, Do you guys remember RG3 with Washington, like, his rookie season? They had Darrell Green, I think was his name, as their fullback, and he, like, actually got a lot of work within the offense. He was, like, their bigger – I mean, he was a fullback, but he, like, I think he still carried the ball a bit. Um, and they ran that pistol, like – train uh formation and uh you could run triple option out of it you can run power with the lead blocker and you know you could do a bunch of stuff so um i think yeah uh, investing in a guy like gibson would definitely open a few more pages in the playbook and anytime you get a guy who theoretically would contribute as much as he would in the fifth round that's a huge win Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hey, just a side note, just because I was meandering on Twitter and saw a fun little stat. Um, so, um, tackles who were drafted in the top 100 since 2000. Uh, these are the names who got less than or who ran uh, faster time seven four in the three cone and a four six short shuttle. Um, so Ezra Cleveland fits that bill. He had a sub seven four three cone and a sub four six short shuttle. Um, other names are Brian O'Neill, Anthony Costanzo, um, Lane Johnson. Jake Matthews, Taylor Lewan, Jared Veltier, Robert Gallery, uh, Andre Dillard, um, Juwan James. I mean, so there's some pretty decent names in terms of uh, those thresholds getting hit. Right on. All right, the Chargers are back on the clock in the sixth round. And Garrett, we'll go ahead and start with you. Uh, what positions would you like to hear? Woo! I didn't recognize a lot of them, so let's uh, let's do linebacker. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Sage Lewis from Florida International, Joe Backey from Michigan State, Michael mm. Benetti Jr. from LSU, Keandre mm-hmm. Jones from Maryland, Casey Tuhill from Stanford, uh, Kayava Tazino from San Diego State. Okay. Mm. Uh, Yep. I'm looking at Jordan Love here. Is he available? Quarterback? <laughs> he should be. Um, is he here? His 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 better twin, Tyler Huntley, is still available. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, give me wide receiver and tight end. Let's just hear some names I won't recognize. Ooh, we haven't said tight end yet, uh, but we'll start with wide receiver. So Benjamin Victor, Ohio State, John Jennings, Tennessee. Lawrence Sager from Georgia, Freddie Swain from Florida, Quez Watkins, Southern Mississippi. Uh, uh, yeah, pretty much. Give, give me tight end. All right, so tight end, uh, Josiah DeGura from Cincinnati, uh, C.J. O'Grady from Arkansas. Give me uh, D-line again. Laurel Merchinson from NC State. Bravian Roy from Baylor, Raquan Williams, Michigan State. Uh, uh, Josiah Coatney, Mississippi, Robert Windsor, Penn State, McTelvin Agim from Arkansas, Benito Jones, Mississippi. Okay. Um, all right. I'll go with the chat here and go with Thaddeus Moss. Um, really good blocker. Uh, this is about where he's going to go. Uh, really good blocker. Uh, Chargers don't really have that as much as they want to say they do. Um, I think he's a very good uh, safety valve over the middle. Uh, he could be a tight end two, um, probably tight end three, but uh, definitely worth a project here because there are some good traits. Um, I think the footwork is pretty good. 
Um, pretty reliable pass catcher. Um, isn't exciting in terms of an athlete, but I think, you know, you know, he's still got a pretty high ceiling too. Why not go with Thaddeus? Um, that I almost said Thaddeus Young, uh, Thaddeus Moss and, uh, get that tight end depth. Okay. Jamie. Hmm. Um, positions you want to hear? I'm kind of torn here between wide receiver and tight end. Um, I know we just took Gibson. But if we're looking at Gibson as more of a, you know, uh, multi-purpose type player, almost kind of leaning towards Benjamin Victor as a, as a speed option. Um, but because I'm tired of Virgil Green and I'd like to see some additional competition in camp this year, I think I'll go with Thaddeus Moss. Um, I just think it's time to end the Virgil Green experiment. I think it's time to get some more, more legitimate competition in camp which they really haven't had the last couple of years um, between between getting Moss in camp and getting, um, now I'm blanking on his name, the kid from the XFL, um, Parham. Donald Parham. Donald Parham into camp. You know, maybe, you, maybe you get an opportunity to save some money and, and get rid of uh, Virgil Green, who really hasn't offered too much to the offense since he's been here for the last two years. All right. Stevens? Uh, so, a couple positions I want to ask about. Um, can you go to uh, offensive guards? Offensive guards. We have Solomon Kinley, Calvin Throckmorton, Cameron Clark from Charlotte, Kevin Dotson from Louisiana Lafayette, Kyle Murphy from Rhode Island. Shall I? So, Muti is gone. Yes. Yes, he is. He went. Damn. Uh, um, Long time ago. Yeah, he went in the fourth round. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, safeties. Safeties. Douglas Coleman from Texas Tech. David Dow from Michigan State. Um, Hudson from Michigan. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Alohi Gilman from Notre Dame. Alohi Gilman. Um, okay, yeah. No, I'm going to go I'm gonna go back to tight end and go with Moss. Um, was hoping for Julian... Black. No, um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Thaddeus Moss uh, for not only what uh, the other guys have already said, but um, it's it just it, it makes a lot of sense. Like like you're talking about Virgil Green not not necessarily being an important role in this offense and someone you can easily get away from. Hunter Henry, hopefully they can keep, they can lock him up for long term contract. Stephen Anderson is whatever, and then Parham, if you get anything out of him, it's a plus. Like just have that open battle for the number three for the season. But after after this year, Virgil Green and Hunter Henry are both out of contract. Uh, as of this moment. So you kind of have to at least plan for, for something, whether it's uh, a major impact going forward if one or both of those guys are gone. Um, but the kind of blocking he can bring can easily make Virgil Green expendable. So I'm going to go with Thaddeus on. Let's just make that a thing. All right. And Michael? Um, let's see. I'm going to go in a different direction, and I think one uh, area we haven't – focused on much is um depth at edge rusher and if we all i don't know if we all are but i think most of us would be in agreement that melvin ingram might not be with the team in 2021 and obviously we would have his his replacement in but i would like to think we need more than you know just our top two edge rushers and especially someone to play um that leo position um but it's never a bad idea to have you know more pass rushers so one name i heard you say was casey Tuhill from stanford um 
I know he tested super well at the combine. Like, I mean, he's big, athletic, fast. He checks all the boxes. I haven't watched anything in depth um, off the top of my head. I just know that uh, he's a hell of an athlete, and I know he can get after the quarterback. If I just pull him up real quick, um, 6'4", 250, ran a 4.62, uh, jumped 39 inches, had a 7.083 cone, 4.21 um, short shuttle. And let's see, his stat line in um, 2019 was a second-team All-Pac-12 honor. He had 11.5 tackles for loss, eight sacks, 60 total tackles. Um, And I just think when you're looking at a six-round pick, these are, you know, and Telesco's had in seventh-round. And if you can bank on upside rather than just throwing a dart, um, I think you do that. So I like your guys' picks as well, but um, I would just add in, I think they need to find someone else to rush the passer, and Casey Tuhill is a really nice high upside pick here. Okay. Um, I'm also kind of torn, um, but not with edge player. Um, he tested like crap, but Trey Adams in the sixth round, I think, is good value. Um the team apparently is still kind of in love with uh, with Tevi and and some of those guys, but I think you know I would I would rather have a guy like Trey Adams as a backup on the line. Um, he's a he's a monster. I he probably athletically doesn't really fit what the Chargers want to do. I just I don't know. He's a kind of guy I've, I've always kind of liked, but I think the pick here is uh, Thaddeus Moss is a good idea here um, for all the reasons you guys mentioned. Plus <clears throat> the way the Chargers seem to be trying to like attack this LA market is trying to get those big names, get those like celebrities to come in and, you know, having Randy Moss in the stands every Sunday, uh, won't, wouldn't exactly hurt them in the uh, fan department. So, um, yeah, I think Thaddeus Moss is a, is a good pick. But Trey Adams is healthy. I mean, that's, that's a hell of a pickup. Uh, the health is obviously the big issue with him, but healthy Trey Adams is amazing. So, yeah. All right, let's knock this last round out. All right, last round. Thanks, everybody, who's still hanging with us. Did you say McTelvin Agam was still there? Uh, Tuppy Falls, and we can just call this a night. <laughs> I'll let you know here in a second. <laughs> Oh. There's still some kickers and punters available. Mm. <laughs> hey. We haven't read our fullbacks yet. Yeah, they didn't. This board doesn't really have many. Um, mm. And nor should it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love fullbacks, but spending <laughs> anything more than a seventh round pick on one is uh, not great. Uh, okay. Michael, you want to start us off for this last round? You want to hear some names? Is Casey Tuhill still there? Uh, where was I? Linebacker. Yep, he is still there. That's my pick for all the same reasons. (laughs) You you mean you don't have different reasons for the seventh round? Do you want me to make them up? No. Uh, Daniel. (laughs) Can you read off Edge? Edge. So... Yeah, so it, this board kind of mixed up a couple of, like, the linebackers in the edge. Like, Casey Toolhill is listed under linebacker, not under edge. 
uh, for example. Yeah. Um, but under Edge, there's uh, Chauncey Rivers from Mississippi State, Bryce Sturk from Montana State, Travis Gibson from Tulsa, Bryce Huff from Memphis. Um, I was looking, and I don't know if he got pulled off of their big board or if he moved up so high that he already got taken, but the, the North Dakota State guy's gone too. Tuzka? Yeah. Did you see that the Chargers met with him? Uh, that surprises me 0%. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, uh, just the bulldog in me has to ask, uh, Michael Walker, is he available? He's either a linebacker. Yeah, he should be a linebacker. Uh, I just saw him, I think. Yeah, he's the, he's there. Ooh! Uh, yeah, I know, I know it's going to be a homer thing. Shoot your shot, man. I know, I know it's going to be a homer thing, but Michael Walker, man, I mean, he, he played, yeah, he handed the dirt for, uh, 2018, and he was extremely impressive. Like, he got, he got pressured constantly. He, uh, moved back to stand-up linebacker, uh, for 2019 for a good portion of it, and he's just, he was outstanding. I mean, most guys in Fresno State are not going to be, you know, athletic marvels. That's just not what Fresno State tends to get. Um, but I think he's someone who can contribute on special teams, um, and he, he'd be effective there. So I'm going to go ahead and be a homer and take Michael Walker from Fresno State. I think he's, he's, he'd be a great addition to that. That linebacker group. So let's do that. All right. Jamie, who you got? Um, is Cameron Clark still on the board? Sorry, say that again, who? Is Cameron Clark still on the board? Cameron Clark. He's, I think he's listed as a guard in this mock. I'd take Cameron Clark. He has good film, especially against Clemson. Nope. He Damn. is not there. Um, is Trey Adams still there? Trey Adams is not still there. The top offensive tackles are Scott France from Kansas State, Yasser Durant from Missouri, Victor Johnson from Appalachian State. Uh, and I've watched exactly zero of those guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, we're getting deep now. Here. We're getting real deep. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, very deep. Um, hmm. I'm not going to recognize any of these names, to be honest with you. Quarterback? Uh, Steven Montez from Colorado, uh, Khalil Tate from Arizona, Shea Patterson, Michigan, Ben Hicks, Arkansas, Brian Lewerke, Michigan State, Riley Neal, right. Vanderbilt. Wide receiver? Wide out. Uh, Aaron Fuller from Washington, Aaron Parker from Rhode Island, Omar Bayless, Arkansas State, Kendrick Rogers, Texas A&M, uh, Lipscomb, from Vanderbilt, Isaiah Wright Temple. Mm. Um, I think what I will do is, since I don't know any of these names, I'll be honest, I'm going to go with Michael's linebacker at edge because I do think they need somebody at edge who can contribute on special teams. So I'll go with him. All right, so second vote for Casey Twohill. All right, Garrett, any other names you want to hear? You're muted, Garrett. Hey, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, not just because Stubb said it, but because I do like Michael Walker late, I'm going to go with him too. Uh, stand-up edge, uh, can play off ball, a very, very big special teams contributor. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a. Uh, I think he could do a lot of, a lot of work on special teams. He's got a great length. 
I think some of the mechanics are a little bit off, but in terms of taking a shot here, Michael Walker, you need a linebacker, can play both off-ball and on the edge, can be a Sam or a Mike. I'm okay with him as a depth kind of sub-package guy. So I'm going to go with Michael Walker here. I think he's got the better upside, and I think he could fill two different needs depending on how you want to play him. But uh, could be edge, could be off-ball. I'm with Walker. All right, so we got... To Michael Walker, to Casey Tuhill. Um, I actually, I, I just checked, and he wasn't drafted. He's just not on their board. Uh, so I'm going to go with Derek uh, Tuska from North Dakota State because I did. I watched him, and I I like him late like this. Um, he checks all the Telesco type boxes. Um, he was a captain on the team. He has out of this world production for the last year and a half. Um, he's from North Dakota state. They love drafting those guys. Um, so that would be my pick. So with that in mind, so that is a matter. A so now, yeah. so everyone in the chat, uh, you have 30 seconds between two Hill and Michael Walker. Yes. And Michael is spelled M Y K A L. And there's still a hundred of you watching. So let's go. What was, what, was that name, what was that name you said, Stanley? Uh, Derek Tuska. From, from ND yeah. State? Okay. I haven't seen him all. Take a look. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that he'll probably be a seventh-round pick or priority uh, free agent. Um, but, yeah. All right. Walker. Walker. It's, <laughs> the chat votes are tied. My call? Three. Come on, man. I don't think I'm on a poll in the chat here. Uh, but uh, who's the first one? Michael is running away with it now. Walker wins. So yes. Michael Walker has run away with it. That is the pick. A linebacker. Hold on, boy. Hold on, Brad, man. Stebbins is already <laughs> ordering the jersey right now. Yeah, I'm right. I am. You best believe it. <laughs> he's, he's taking his old uh any of his old jerseys and putting masking tape over the name and writing walker on it right now <laughs> my ryan matthews or uh say yeah. jerseys <laughs> or uh was it polk from way back in the day <laughs> yeah awesome i like that cool all right all right so, seven rounds we took two defensive players we loaded up on a, oh no three that was pretty even. Three three defense, four offense. Lots of playmakers. Who we got listed one to seven? Right, one to seven. So sixth overall, the Chargers select Jeffrey Okuda, cornerback Ohio State. Second round, pick five, Ezra Cleveland, offensive tackle Boise State. Third round, seventh pick, Brandon Ayuk, Arizona State. Fourth round, sixth pick, Devon Hamilton, D-line, Ohio State. Fifth round, fifth pick, Antonio Gibson, offensive weapon, Memphis. Uh, sixth round, seventh pick, Thaddeus Moss, tight end, LSU, and seventh round, sixth pick, Michael Walker, linebacker, Fresno State. So, real quick, someone just messaged me: Was McTelvin Agam still there? Well, I guess it doesn't matter. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Um, go ahead. So, it real did. quick, thirty thirty <laughs> seconds or less. Uh, starting with you, Michael. Give me your grade for that draft class. Go. Yeah. 
Sorry, I was talking to somebody else. Um, I can barely see the board if I remember correctly. What are yeah, Akuda, Cleveland? I personally really like this draft. Um, I think you can still rest this draft on the top few picks. Like, I mean, if you nail two of your top three, hell, even your top four, then I think those top players can kind of carry the rest of it. When you get down to five, six, seven, I think they do more to elevate the draft than like if you make bad picks and they would like bring your draft grade down. Um, so love those top guys uh, get excellent value in the fifth with Antonio Gibson. Um, Thad Moss, I guess I personally didn't think he was expected to fall that far. You guys all kind of seemed like it wasn't that surprising to see him go that low. I know he didn't test. I know he he's not an athlete like his father, obviously, but I thought people really did like him at least on and maybe even day two. But in general, I think and what you brought up, Stanley, that the name power is huge. I think that's great to have a Moss in town. It's going to bring Randy into town. It's going to be a thing. You're going to see about it if it happens. Um, so I like that. Uh, Michael Walker, I have no opinion on. I don't know him much at all. I'll just defer to, to Stebbins and his opinion on him. Um, but other than that, I think it's a solid draft. I'd give it a, a B plus, A minus, probably B plus. All right, Stevens. Yeah, I'm going to go with an A minus on this one. Um, other than obviously quarterback, which if Tua was on the board, that would have been the pick at, 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 at six overall. Um, pretty pretty confident of that. Um, once that once that kind of once that fell, though, once the domino fell, it was you know best guy on the board. Akuda should not should never have been there. So I think that that immediately set it off to where it changed the entire outlook of the rest of the draft and how it went for us. Um, being that was the case. Um, I think that they did what we did was was to improve every single uh, uh, deficiency on 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 the team. Um, when you look at the linebacker depth in the seventh um, and special teams help there. You go uh, six. You got a tight end who may not necessarily contribute much this year, but going forward, um, it allows you to get rid of someone like Virgil Green and and have have that be the other tight end along with some sort of pass catcher, um, unless Moss can some sort of develop. But we haven't seen that, so I don't want to I don't want to bank on that. Um, you put in a left tackle to not only compete with Trey Pipkins for this year, but someone who I think is already better than Trey Pipkins um, immediately. You have an offensive, two offensive weapons, and Brandon Ayuk, who is is a monster at wide receiver and what he can do, uh, not only in like things like the screen game, but also provides you provides you with some 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 deep uh, deep attack there. Um, Antonio Gibson being the running back and wide receiver, and it gives you so much versatility. Um, there's something that they have on defense, but not necessarily something they have a lot of on offense at the moment. Like seeing seeing things like uh, Keenan Allen um, doing these these blocks, these kind of crash blocks um, after going in motion. That's something I'd rather see um, someone like uh, someone like Gibson doing. Um, then it's 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 you improve everywhere. I, I I have no complaints about that draft whatsoever. I I, I would be in love with it if that's what happened uh, come Thursday uh, and Friday Saturday. So yeah, I'm gonna go A minus. I'm gonna go A minus. All right, Jamie. Yeah, I think A minus B plus is a good range. I think I'll go A minus just because you know they got a steal in the first round uh, with Okuda, somebody who you wouldn't expect to be there. Um, I think getting another tackle is huge, even though I'm not sure they're going to do it that early. Um, I think getting somebody who they can develop and either play right tackle or left tackle is a, a big addition for them because I'm not personally a believer in Trey Pipkins at all. Uh, obviously, getting Ayuk in the third round is huge. Uh, you know, maybe, uh, like I mentioned, solid wide receiver three to start, punt returner maybe develops into a high-end wide receiver two. Uh, 
the depth of tackle, uh, defensive tackle is also huge. Uh, and then Thaddeus Moss, hopefully you get something out of him and you can work your way into, um, you can work your way into a, you know, a bigger role with him in time. And the other two guys, you're just kind of trying, you're banking on upside and hoping to catch lightning in the bottle. So I'd say A minus is a solid grade. All right, Garrett. You guys are too down on this draft. You got the best corner at your six overall. Uh, could easily be your corner one over Casey Hayward, year one. He's that good. Ezra Cleveland is uh, potentially going to be one of the better tackles in this class. You got him in the second round, a ton of upside, very athletic, fits the charger system. You've got a weapon as a wide receiver three in Ayuk, who could easily be a wide receiver two, has special teams value. Davon Hamilton could be a uh, one or two gapper, uh, big time pass rushing upside. You've got some defensive tackle depth. Gibson, you could use as a as a gadget player, special teams, uh, just a, a big weapon, a, a high upside tight end two with Thaddeus Moss. Michael Walker is a special teams guy, but also could give you some uh, snaps at edge and probably as an off-ball linebacker. So this is an A, man. You don't lose. The fact that you didn't get Tua was uh, a bummer, but with what you had on the board, this is probably one of the best drafts you can get out of this. Yeah, and I I agree with everything everybody said. I mean, this is, uh, to me, it's a solid A draft. Um, You're looking at, in my opinion, probably three starters right off the bat uh, with upside to be, you know, at least three starters and probably five guys that get substantial playing time. Um, and that's a huge win in a draft. And, you know, the, the team is better now. Um, it's it, This is, you know, and, and going forward. These are all positions of need while also taking the best players that were still around, uh, minus when we passed on Acres. Sorry, Michael. Um <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think this this draft kind of knocks it out of the park with the fact that two is gone. Um, so I think overall we're giving it a solid A. One final discussion I kind of want to have real quick since it, it's everyone in the chat keeps talking about it. Um, and this is going to be something that the team would have to explain in this situation is, okay, Rivers is gone. You've got Tyrod. You've got Easton Stick. You didn't draft the quarterback. What is the plan? Um, so in your guys' opinion, if this is the kind of draft the Chargers have, what is the plan at, at quarterback? Do you guys think they roll with Tyrod? Do you think they call Cam Newton? Do you think, God forbid, they call Jameis Winston? Uh, what do you guys think? No. They lose Winston's number. They're not calling Winston. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, you're, I think you're right about with Tyrod, man. Um, I think you see what you have uh, not only with him, but you, you let the the offense kind of build – um, they get comfortable with with what they have around around what they have right now. That doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? Though, like they build kind of like the nest essentially for when um, if Tyrod is not going to be the guy, which I'm not going to count on him being the guy. Um, you build up the entire offense so that if you do have to go uh, quarterback in the first round next year or whatever you have to do going forward, you're set up to where you can kind of have it have get uh, hit the ground running essentially whenever your your quarterback does come in. Um, so I think building around that is not a bad idea at all. So that, that's what I do. Go with Tyrod and see what happens for the season. Yeah, I think you go with Tyrod. Um, even though I don't think Tyrod is really anything special, he does make them different. He get, gives them some flexibility in terms of being able to move the pocket, being able to extend and create plays with his legs, something they haven't had for really ever. Um, I don't think 
I don't think they call Jameis. If they did, I'd be pretty pissed off. Uh, but I don't think they do. Um, and I think, you know, as, for all the talk about Cam Newton, I'm not sure the cap space is there to sign him for one. And for two, you know, you're talking about a 30, 31-year-old Cam Newton who hasn't been healthy for two years. Uh, his whole playing style is built around taking on people, running, running defenders over, being Superman. I don't think that's a guy who's going to stay healthy. And outside of really one really, really good season as a passer, he's never been very effective as a, as a passing quarterback to begin with. So I, I don't think it's worth going down that road. I don't know that it gets in the bank for the buck. Um, I guess you could argue that there's some star power there. But otherwise, I think they go with Tyrod. Michael, Garrett, any thoughts? Um, I Yeah, I'd say go with Ty God. Um, he's got about as much upside as um, a rookie quarterback who's not named Burrow or, or Tua right now. And people are like, well, you know, the team doesn't want to draft super high next year. The team probably isn't going to finish anywhere near, uh, you know, the sixth pick or in the top ten, hopefully, this time next year. But, I mean, like, the worst that's going to happen is they do and you're in a position to potentially go up and get a guy like Justin Fields. If you're not in on the Trevor Lawrence stuff, um, Justin Fields is right there. There's probably going to be another quarterback that comes out of nowhere and might be, you know, a really good third option, right? Like, there's people we don't understand or don't even expect they're going to be there next year. So um, if this is how it were to play out, we don't get a quarterback, then uh, roll with Tyrod. It'll be just fine. Um, and I think we'll be in a good position to do a number of things this time next year. Yeah, Tyrod offers more upside than any of the quarterbacks that were available at six. I would rather roll with Tyrod than I would Justin Herbert. Um, I am just fine basically trying to see if Tyrod can finally put it together for 2020. And uh, this next draft class is pretty good in terms of quarterback, so I wouldn't mind kicking the can a little bit if the season went down for 2020. But you've built a pretty strong roster now if you wanted to go that route. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind calling Cam Newton if the, if the price was right, but uh, probably wouldn't be. So I would say just stick with Tyrod and roll with him at 2020 and see if maybe the defense can win him some gains there late and maybe they can make a playoff push. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it sucks that Tua wasn't there at six, but – we had no other alternative. Yeah, I like you guys all said. I mean, you roll with Tyrod, and it's almost the opposite situation of what I said with Pipkins. Is you roll with Tyrod, and either a he's good, or b he sucks, and you're in position to draft his replacement next year. It, well, better position to draft his replacement next year. And like all you guys were saying, the gamble is much smaller with Tyrod because he's only on the books for this one more year. Whereas if you draft a quarterback in the top 10 and he doesn't work out for this year, you're going to stick with him for another year. And then you're probably going to stick with him for another year, or you're admitting a huge defeat and having to spend another really high pick to replace the high pick that, that burned you already. Um, and that, and he's just getting more expensive by the day. So it, you know, it's in my opinion, this is the right way to do it. You build everybody else. Don't put yourself in quarterback purgatory wait for your guy. If your guy's not there, build the rest of the team and roll with Tyrod. I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think the one thing, though, is the idea of quarterback purgatory is lessened now with the rookie wage scale. You're not paying these guys 
60, 70 million dollars guaranteed coming out of school before they've taken a snap. So a lot of that purgatory stuff really isn't an issue. And I think there's a third issue, a third uh, possible scenario, not issue, but a third possible scenario, which might be the most likely scenario, which is Tyrod comes in, he's good enough to win you a few games, you finish 7-9 or 8-8, eight and eight, and you finish not in the playoffs and out of the hunt for a quarterback next year. That, that's true, but, but I still think if, if you are rolling with Tyrod, you're investing in the team with these other picks so that even if you are 7-9, and nine, you've filled enough holes with good players that you can afford to trade up, to package picks and trade up. You're not just stuck, and it's not going to hurt your team to you know mortgage a little bit of, of, the current, of that draft to move up and go get your guy. Um, and and I, I, I agree with what you're saying as far as the quarterback salaries aren't as much of a hindrance, but it still does create a little bit of a quarterback purgatory when you're spending a top 10 pick on a guy that you could have gotten another player with at a different position that still helps your team. And now, like, yeah, you can replace that guy and just have him as your top 10 pick backup. Uh, but it, it hurts the team in the fact that you don't have another player who's probably going to be a three, four-year starter. Yeah, but I think you can say that about taking anybody anywhere. You take somebody who doesn't work out, you put yourself in a position where you could have taken somebody else who could have helped you. Quarterback, I mean, But quarterback is a unique position on the team, though, that the only other positions like that are kicker and punter, where they're the only one at that position. You don't have a stable of guys that you're rotating in. But, but the quarterback touches the ball every single offensive play. So having that big-name guy sit on the roster, as a, on the bench as a quarterback, hurts your team a lot more than missing on a corner or an offensive tackle or you know any of these other positions where you're carrying four or five of those guys on your roster. Maybe. <laughs> cool. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for hanging with us especially those of you who stuck through the echoing at the beginning uh, so that we have this sorted out for Thursday. Um, so let's go around the horn, starting with Michael. Go ahead and give your final goodbye. Give, give out your Twitter, and uh, let's get out of here. All right. Uh, yeah, thanks, everybody. I really appreciate it. This is super cool. So shout out to Stanley and everyone else who had their hand in really increasing the, the production value of this. It's going to be awesome. I'm super stoked. Um Follow me on Twitter at Zone Tracks. Uh, it's spelled Z-O-N-E-T-R-A-C-K-S. Um, just dropped the first episode of the show I'll be doing for SB Nation. It's called Chargers Lately. Um, just did their team needs episode uh, tonight, tomorrow. Um, I'll be dropping a uh, – I'll do my own kind of mock draft thing like this as well. Just kind of double up on that. Um, and that's it, com. You guys already know it. Stebbins. Yeah, um, at these steps on Twitter. Uh, also, which kind of reiterate, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you everyone who uh, was leaving comments um, in the chat there. Uh, that we all, uh, at least I know, at least a few of us had had open. We were looking at it, um, responding to some of them, and also not only just uh, on on a live feed here, but also in the chat itself. So, um, if you're going to be with us during the actual draft, please continue to do the same thing. Keep engaging in the chat there, and we'll we'll be we'll have our eye on that too. Um, but yeah, thank you all for tuning in, and thank you guys uh, for. Uh, putting this on so jamie uh you can find me at, at lightning underscore round or at hoyle sports on twitter um i hope everybody's doing well safe healthy enjoying some extra family time taking care of themselves and looking forward to doing this again on thursday with the draft and talking to everybody and having some fun garrett 
I'm at Richard Wade on Twitter. Death is but a doorway. Time is but a window. I'll be back and see you Thursday. And I'm Matt Stanley. And for those of you who don't know, I'm back on Twitter at Bullfan in Denver again. Um, and yeah, we will see all of you guys Thursday. Bye.